0: You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul.
1: And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
0: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network.
2: Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan.
3: Fellow Americans, let's get serious on Horror Movie Night real quick. We're putting this out just before Election Day because it's important that you go out and vote. But be informed because if you're not informed, you could vote a werewolf into the White House. And that's what this episode's about as we discuss 1973's documentary, The Werewolf of Washington, uh, as picked by Brian. Brian,
4: what the fuck, man? Dude, uh, I I love this movie, right? And I never, I never saw it. But I just wanted it and I was very nervous when it came time to watch it because I was like, fuck, I hope this movie isn't super like meta and it wasn't like it wasn't like supposed (laughs) to be a goof on itself. This movie is a horror movie that is playing in any horror movie you watch. Right? Like this is like the movie that's on TV and like Halloween, you know?
5: <laughs> yeah. cool.
4: Like I if I had a Halloween party, I would I would want this movie playing in it. And and I don't mean like a movie marathon. I wouldn't put someone through this in a movie marathon, but this is a great movie to just have on like a TV playing while you're just mingling and doing other shit. I loved it <laughs> and I will fight everyone for the next hour. So interesting fact.
3: This is only, in 170 episodes of Horror Movie Night, this is only the fifth film from the 70s that we've ever discussed. Mm. Uh, And it just feels very 70s right out the gate.
4: I know. And Scott, I apologize for picking me on the show because I know you're so sick of 70s fucking horror. (laughs) You're going to learn to love it again with me because I'm going to pick a lot because I love the 70s. Thank goodness you only get to
3: pick one out of every three films.
6: (laughs) But, uh, hey, we have a guest today. Yeah, let's talk have. about our guest. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we're
3: stomping all over this. Uh, <laughs> we're joined by Chris, who is the director of a movie that Scott and I love. And a lot of you love because you've emailed us to do an episode on it before. And we're like, we can't make fun of this movie; it's perfect. And that's yeah. WNUF Halloween special. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on this episode.
5: Of course, guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to talk about Werewolf of Washington. Uh, as a huge political junkie and horror film fan, I think there's a lot to love for me in this film.
4: <laughs> nice I uh, got a second one.
3: You heard of this because I was like, hey, these are the movies we're talking about in November. Which one are you interested in? You're like, oh, man, I haven't seen Werewolf in Washington in a while. And like that was not the answer I expected.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, it's funny, like I saw it um, in one of those four movies for like five buck DVDs back when I was in high school. And I got it because I was like, this is going to be garbage. And maybe I could like, you know, use it for like some sort of like weird subversive film project in school. And when I actually watched it, I was like, this is one of the best, most entertaining TV movies I've ever seen scene. so
4: i, I it, own this movie on a hundred movies for like 12 bucks
5: yes
4: <laughs> see i think my problem and it, it all
3: stems from the poster is i genuinely thought that this movie was going to be like mr smith goes to washington but mr smith just happens <laughs> to be a werewolf
4: right you know <laughs> might have been just like this fucking meta
3: but like dude yeah. the whole then it just setup. turned out to be a very legitimate like wolfman
4: movie which was and fine it- but it caught me off guard <laughs> and I was just in a good – like a lot of it has to do with where I'm at in life. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in a bad mood, I may not enjoy a movie, but I cut out of work early. You know, I got home by 2 p.m. I sat in gym shorts, no shirt, just my gut hanging out, having a mashup between Boo and Fruity and Pebbles. And it was fucking... I was enjoying Jade was gone. It was just me and the dogs. Like, it was a fucking great Friday afternoon for Brian. Well, and then you watched another great 70s horror film because you
3: watched Taurus Trap afterwards. So I watched, oh, yeah, I watched yes.
4: fucking Taurus Trap. Wait, was that and your first watch? Yes. And oh. it was awesome and then a weird curveball i watched the uh the mary martin peter pan broadway (laughs) (laughs) and that was uh, you know a trip a trip down memory lane um but yeah that was my friday and then i i went out and socialized which is crazy but i i did all those things on friday pretty eventful but this movie was awesome (laughs) So it it opens with this speech, which immediately I was like, oh, this
3: isn't the movie I thought it was going to be. Where he's just like, it could happen anywhere. It could happen in America. It happened to me. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, we've got some, like, Sunset Boulevard intro going on right now <laughs> where he's probably dead telling us what happened to him. Um, and then it's just like it. It throws the opening monologue throws all of this exposition because they don't really know how to like slowly establish it. So it's just oh, like yeah. I was having an affair with the president's daughter, so I got sent to Hungary. Also, there's a werewolf. <laughs>
4: <laughs> also, my pimp cane. Yeah. Hey Scott. <laughs> you know what else Dean Stockwell's in? Oh, oh man. This one's so go. easy. Married this one... to the Mob, starring Alec Baldwin, <laughs> who was also in Beetlejuice.
6: <laughs> wow, really? Yes. That was like
3: Not what I was thinking that you were going to go for. But uh, Chris, just. uh, Yeah, we should give some context. Brian does six degrees to Beetlejuice every episode of this podcast because he believes he can get to Beetlejuice with every movie we discuss. And so far, he hasn't missed one.
5: I think that's pretty impressive.
6: (laughs) 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 I'm pretty positive the next week is going to stump the poor bastard. And it's totally his own brother's fault. Yeah. but yeah, yeah, that, I actually think that he's been on a roll, doing great. Um, but then Matt had to pick the most obscure shit, and <laughs> not, there's,
4: there, that movie exists out of space and time. <laughs> I think so, it was- Rock and Roll Nightmare that I got it because of an extra. Like, it was one of them that it was so <laughs> tough. I had to go really far down IMDb to find anyone. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the
3: attack scene, because... I mean, I'm not sure how – I know Brian watched his DVD. I'm assuming Chris probably still had his DVD, but Scott and I had to rely on the YouTube version of this, which was not the best quality, and it just kind of looked like he was playing with a dog. Hold and on, then let me tell werewolf. you something.
4: My DVD, that shit looked like a VHS rip. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't fucking restored in any way. Screen Factory didn't put out fucking War- Werewolf of Washington. <laughs>
5: <laughs> was but they should. <laughs>
3: I don't know well, any ideas, all right? According to the wiki page, the distributor for Werewolf in Washington currently says Shout Factory. So they may have either recently acquired <laughs> it or put out like a copy of it years ago. Hey, Matt, just forgotten. I just want to
6: uh, explain something. It's Werewolf of Washington. Whatever. Werewolf in Washington. Werewolf <laughs> of Washington.
5: No, that's the asylum make... version. <laughs> <laughs> What's really are little. Is I have two
4: notes for this movie. <laughs> I, I used my pen twice. It <laughs> <laughs> was one of them to write down the Beetlejuice lineup. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So three. I'm sorry, I don't count this as notes. So three notes. But you know what? That scene when he got bit by the werewolf. It's very similar to to Wolfman. Um, and then I. It didn't hit me until I was watching this that. It really bothers me now that American werewolf in Paris, they added that whole thing where it's like if you killed a werewolf that bit you, you're no longer a werewolf because it would ruin the entire plot to fucking Wolfman because he killed the werewolf that bit him as soon as he got bitten. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Really got under my skin. I don't know why that would bother like American Werewolf in Paris is a flawless film. Like we got (laughs) Actually, I'm more upset with Universal. How dare they make the Wolfman and not a heed to American Werewolf in Paris' standards? That's my question.
6: (laughs) Dionisio Del Toro, you are on my shit list. Uh, But
3: yeah, so like there's... So from what I can tell, there's a lot of... um, I'm not a very politically minded person. I didn't pay a lot of attention in history. So I feel like there's a lot of jokes about the nixon administration that are just oh, going yeah, this over is my head for like throughout this movie uh but he's just suspicious of everybody after he murders a man and is basically getting away with it and he's like what are you russians like what is happening who's <laughs> paying you <laughs>
5: it's, some it's things never change <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah.
6: laughs> well okay so chris we've been just steamroll well Brian has been just steamrolling the shit out of you, so uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, whatever, don't dude. It's all good. Yeah, like don't, don't be nice.
5: <laughs> I'd appreciate it if we all sat here in silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: so, so Chris, you, I don't know if you were being serious about being a political junkie, but um, my so so Brian and Matt are straight edge. I am. Uh-huh. I am not. But my drug of choice is actually uh, the our politics subreddit on Reddit. Okay. Okay. Uh, so if you want to take a deep dive into the political motivations behind the werewolf of Washington, <laughs> you're absolutely welcome to
5: do so. Well, I mean, it, it's funny to me. Like, I don't really look at this movie as if, like, obviously, if I'm if I'm talking about politics, I'd watch documentaries, right? I think this is more of like a like a, a satire. But like, my Wait, favorite moments. Like, yep. I feel like when he, um, when he's, he's like, uh, when they talk about the pentagram. He's like, well, I knew the Pentagon had something to do with this.
3: <laughs> I, have a, I had that line written down. That line got yeah. a chuckle out of me. <laughs> like, I
5: seriously, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how the idea for this film started. <laughs> like, so, like somebody <laughs> so like, cool. like, like, you know, like seriously. And like, and it, it's crazy to me because, um well, okay. The two things that I wanted to talk about, and it's hard to talk about politics about this, because the only thing that really uh, resonates, I think looking back is the stuff where the um like the protester subplot in the movie i think is very interesting because i think that is pretty indicative of the nixon administration at that time um but the but the, but the but the president i don't know if it is especially nixonian you know the, the guy who's, who's the presidential character i mean a little bit but not too yeah. much you know um yeah but he's the, not but,
6: like really bombastic he's just kind of slimy Exactly,
5: and, and he's actually like like light years more likable than Nixon ever was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was going to say now the the um the one other thing that I was going to say about the um the movie that sticks out for me is the is and I don't want to go about jump to the ending. But I don't, is it go okay to it. talk about spoilers? It. Okay, all right. Yeah, jump all over. I am, I, <laughs> I, mean, I am The convinced. movie is
6: fucking. The movie is forty four years old. And like <laughs> We're
5: okay. I don't I don't want to ruin it for anyone. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> But the thing that always reminds me of the ending, like when the president's doing the press conference and you and you and you hear that over the, the end credits rolling and he's turning into a werewolf, I am convinced mm-hmm. that Joe Tan Joe Dante saw this movie and ripped it off for the howling. <laughs> Dude, I love I really
3: do like and, and I and I appreciate Joe Dante for doing that, because the only thing that I wished during that scene was that I was seeing a visual of it. So like right, Joe Dante right. being like, All right, let's show it happen uh is even better. But yeah, I I actually probably the closing credits is to me one of the the best parts of the movie in a sense that it it is a really cool, unique, very 70s thing. I feel like 70s a lot of the time had these like we've got no closing credits music. The credits are just gonna roll over like a speech. I feel like um I think like Johnny Got His Gun ends that way and a couple other films. And and I always enjoy that. I always like the just silence with a speech as the credits roll and you like kind of get the the after credits punch through that totally there's a couple questions though that i got <laughs> from this movie <laughs> there's the my favorite actor in the film uh and probably my favorite moment in the film is the random woman who finds the first body in washington who's just like yes. <laughs>
0: walking into her car and then just goes
3: like <laughs> like, but it's like when they show the body, she should have seen it from like miles away. Like it's just the body in a shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot. Like, uh, and she's not like, it's not like it's
6: 2018 and she was like playing candy crush while she was walking. Yeah. Her or something.
4: yeah they were pretty aware in the seventies. She kind of had to be, they had all those crises going on. It was the fucking right after the decade of death. Everyone was on toes in the seventies. <laughs>
6: Except for this woman.
4: Except for her. <laughs> she she was cool day law. So I noticed on IMDb that it was called a black exploitation film. And I said, I have no idea why. And then it immediately cut to the second death. And I was like, oh, this is why. Because it really tapped into the race on that one. And I fucking loved it. I and loved it. I still it all. don't
3: think that that would, cla- like, I don't know if that would classify as a black exploitation film, though. Right, right. It's
4: indie black exploitation. It's a I, real I, stretch. It's kind of a stretch,
3: you know? I, don't know? I do like that I got to see a movie that had the line, it was a werewolf, you racist
5: pig. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a meme. <laughs> <laughs> Lock them up. Damn the <laughs> um, <laughs> It's actually funny. While you guys were talking, I was looking up the Wikipedia for the movie and the um, and also the Watergate Wikipedia. So they were making this before Nixon resigned. Like I didn't realize where – I thought oh, this wow. was after like all, all the Watergate stuff had died down. But there, this was produced during the height of the investigation, which is kind of insane.
4: Yeah. Maybe they're in on it. Maybe this <laughs> fucking movie goes straight to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the Pentagon was behind this. <laughs> they were trying to warn us,
3: and we just
0: thought
4: we were watching a wholesome film. They're like, no one is getting the point. There's like they're like raven- bashing their heads against the wall. they're like, but there's a midget in the basement. Unspent- Oh my God. One of my one of my two notes is a midget domesticates the werewolf. Because yeah. I didn't have a punchline for it, but I didn't think it needed one because yeah. a midget domesticates a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, I that's... didn't understand what that
3: was. I wrote, like, why is there a little person here? Like, it didn't make any sense. I had to question if he was a character earlier on the film that I just forgot about. But no. This movie's got a lot of like random random shit there's some good quotes though there's the one line the president says stop scratching the palm of your hand it's not manly
4: (laughs) (laughs) the greatest the greatest line is when they're fighting in the bathroom and the guy in the stall just yells will you two faggots shut up (laughs) (laughs) well that's the thing though this movie
3: keeps bouncing between like it it's a comedy though it's a comedy but it's like At some time, at at times, it's a comedy in the way that American Werewolf in London was a comedy. Like, American Werewolf Mm -hmm. in London had some funny, smart moments, but it was, like, a very serious horror movie. And then other times, it's a comedy like it's student bodies. Like, it just kind of...
6: (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to say that most of the time it's student bodies, all right?
3: like, Like, that bowling scene just feels so out of place where it's just him, like, Dean Stockwell from fucking Quantum Leap. Doing like a physical bit of trying to get a, a bowling ball off of his hand, like he's Harpo Marx. Like it didn't make any yeah. sense.
4: It didn't fit in with the rest of the yeah. movie to me. Well, I think they they wanted to make a horror movie, so they so they had they had it and they had the all right. So he's a werewolf, and they they had the deaths, and they realized like this sucks, you know, like like, like yeah. without the without like the death scenes, like this movie is really going to drag along. So then they try to add comedy because it's like there's no there's no comedy when he's a werewolf aside aside from the prime minister on the plane which
6: i know it, it drug
4: on it drug on but it was a great scene my favorite part of that is when um
6: the the prime minister like elbows the werewolf and the werewolf's like oh okay sorry you know he's like trying to get out of the fucking plane and
3: you're like my favorite my favorite part is the prime minister sounds like he was voiced by trey parker like it's like <laughs>
4: Dude, it's so offensive for a exploitation <laughs> <laughs> film quote unquote there's so many offensive stereotypes in this movie like, all but over isn't the place. that what makes it exploitative
3: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, thought that was the I
6: have point to say, of an film. I, all true.
3: the things I didn't like about this movie, I love the look of the werewolf. In like, the I have suit. that note too. Yeah, the werewolf looks baller. Like he looks really cool in his his slick suit. And then it was like good werewolf makeup. It wasn't anything incredible, but it was like a good like early Universal Wolfman throwback look. Yeah, and I, I yeah, was yeah. like really okay with it. And I love the tail the phone booth scene. That that uh, probably is the so.
6: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's- that's what I wanted to talk about actually was that scene cuz um so I'm watching this movie like a fucking VHS rip on it's it's like a, a it was like they went back in time with YouTube and beamed the <laughs> TV version into YouTube. It's is very very poor cut. But um so I'm watching that and uh I look away for a second and then I see the werewolf on the top of the phone booth. And I'm like, oh, this is really creative uh, cinematography for this really lackluster movie. And then I'm like, oh, he knocked the phone booth over. so I was like I was like really excited for a minute and then, I, then my hopes and expectations were pretty much smashed
3: look I'm just saying between this movie and Monster Squad you take a werewolf and put it in a telephone booth and I am a fan because...
6: <laughs> yeah. no, like I, I love I've never... werewolf movies that's the only saving grace of this if this was like Frank, a vampire movie the vampire Frank, of Washington oh my god the vampire of Versailles uh, that would be boring as well actually if it's the vampire of Versailles and it's like a period piece that Ooh. I could get into, you know. Uh, I think you're about to say the Frankfurt. Frankenstein
3: of, okay, I thought you were gonna say the Frankenstein of Washington because, I mean, I'm curious. I'm curious how the Frankenstein <laughs> I would watch got that. to Washington. Well, <laughs> yeah. we already have the Frankenstein of Washington because the midget is
6: working on him, right? That's it's true. true. Yeah. Like, oh. that, that's, those Chris, I'm just
3: saying that WNUF Washington. sequel, Frankenstein Goes to Washington, might be a good fake movie trailer to put in the middle oh my of that God. movie. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's funny we actually had this idea a couple years back for a web series about like a, a presidential election it would all be um, fake TV commercials for monsters running for president and one of them the
6: um, happened dr.
5: Frankenstein was stitching up the perfect candidate like you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know like he would be like he'd be like oh he's an Iraq war veteran but he has the heart of a liberal you know he's like has like all these like goofy things and like, um, so, like, we never did that because obviously, I don't know, I I don't have any time or money, but still. <laughs> um, no, I think I, I'm trying to think of now of what, what the best monster of Washington would be. Like, what could you do with, like, the mummy kill of man. Washington? <laughs> the
4: Gilman? The Gilman? man? man Gilman of Washington, because I want to see the creature from the Black Lagoon look exactly like the creature from the Black Lagoon and try to explain to the president that he's the creature from the Black Lagoon. And the president's like, relax, Chuck. He's just got his gill hands grabbing him.
6: But wait, if, if we you know, this is, this is what we can do, though, is if we were to do the Gilman of Washington, it would be that he's in Washington killing people off because they're trying to drain his swamp, right? Thank you for laughing. That was not you know,
0: as funny as, you did, as it deserved.
4: I wasn't thinking like the creature from the Black Lagoon because I, I, I was thinking like it's a person that is now the creature from the Black Lagoon. So the only way that would work is the Hollywood way where this guy is sec- He's secretary of defense, right? If not, that's what he is in the creature from the Black Lagoon version. <laughs> and just he everyone is just treating him a certain type of way and he's just not fucking happy. And, and it's his birthday and he's just sitting there and no one's paying attention to him. And he just goes, I wish I was the creature from the black lagoon. And then he blows <laughs> out his candles. And then what? And then at night the stars come down and they turn him from the creature from the black lagoon. And it's going to say, be careful what you wish for. And it's and played by is- Tom Hanks.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can do no wrong. So sure. So, yeah.
5: So Werewolf of Washington, I, I mean, I think I've got through all my notes. Anyone else got anything to throw out there? I actually – um, what I wanted to tell you guys about this. I'm not sure if you're hip to it, but a couple of years ago, um, Wild Eye Releasing released a movie called President Wolfman. Do you guys know about this? No. no. <laughs> okay. So I have not seen this, but I remember it coming across, and I thought they had just – Like, you know, I I rewatched some uh, YouTube trailers for it this morning in preparation for this podcast. And I thought they had just retitled Werewolf of Washington. Instead, uh, I realized they took a lot of scenes from Werewolf of Washington and other public domain movies and made a whole new movie where the main character is the president turning into a werewolf. And they redubbed it. Well, that's amazing.
6: The the biggest surprise uh, on a technical level is that they redubbed this film somehow when boom mics were not a thing in 1973 when they made it (laughs) because the sound quality sucks. (laughs) <laughs> i also want to point out that chris is like the best person to be on the podcast ever because he actually prepared himself <laughs> he's like oh so i was like doing research to be on your podcast we're like boy
3: we didn't even you know what none of the three of us podcast. have ever done research yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah
6: no no chris. i guess we can't say that anymore because brian does his research every week so he can find somebody for that was in Beetlejuice.
4: juice <laughs> I, right, I, I always get nervous when someone is like on a guest on our show. Cause I'm like, Oh, this guy is like going to come on. He's like, all right. So I have all this information, like actually someone that people would want to listen to. And he's like, I'm so excited. And then we're like, remember the beginning when we saw boobs? <laughs> 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 that does happen sometimes. Yeah. Oh my God,
3: uh, I mean, let, us, let us all remember the time that we had a very, very kind talented voice actor and we started the episode with calling each other fuck monkeys <laughs> so,
6: like, <laughs> we were talking the lawnmower man just
3: fyi chris yeah, but yeah what a
0: uh
3: oh <laughs> we don't have a good track record with this so chris thanks you broke our of course of, of course i spent guys.
5: i spent all of 10 minutes <laughs>
3: That's still that's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's more minutes than was spent writing the screenplay for
6: Wolfman <laughs> yeah. of Washington.
3: They basically like threw a, a typewriter down a
6: flight of stairs and <laughs> gave us the plot for yeah. this.
5: Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. It was all pictures.
3: No, let's talk about WNUF Halloween,
6: okay? Yeah, let's all talk right. about
3: that. So so what's going on with the the, the
6: oh, Funding- no, no, no.
0: Before, before oh, well, we talk yeah. about
6: the 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 sequel. Let's talk about the original.
0: You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up
1: a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
0: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network.
2: Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of Tacky and White and Nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering, why does this always happen to me? Just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references?
6: Let's just just absolutely mouth hug
3: Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I will goddamn, say it's so good. the first time I saw that movie, it fucking blew my mind. Um, the the just like the way that you were smart with like having the film randomly fast forward or rewind and, yes. and the pacing of it. It was it it was really cool, and I always um I hope this was intentional but i always tell people if i hear them talking about a specific tales from the crypt episode called mm-hmm. terror t- uh, tv mm-hmm. i'm always like oh if you like that episode you got to watch this movie because it's basically like that idea expanded and like really explored deeper mm-hmm. was that at all an inspiration for w dude it's NUF? it's so funny
5: i saw that episode when i was a kid and i, and I think very subconsciously it, it infiltrated my life again <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, and I think, um, but, but the inspiration for WNUF wasn't necessarily, I mean, there's a couple things, right. And I could talk about this ad nauseum, but I'll probably give you like the three minute version of it. The, um, you know, a lot of people always say like, "Oh, it's you ripped off Ghost Watch," and I had never even heard of um, Ghost Watch till halfway through, um, not even halfway through, probably a month into the release of the film. Everybody started talking and comparing us to Ghost Watch, but I had never seen it, and to this day, I've only seen half the of it. British, yeah, yeah. Like I watched it last last fall for the first time, and I couldn't get through it. So clearly, it wasn't an influence for me. I, I actually probably would say the Tales for the Crypt episode is probably more influential. But um, the big thing with WNUF was. You know, we wanted to make another movie. We we I've done um God, I've done eight features now, and I think WNF is like like the sixth one, sixth one. Um, what other and, stuff have you done? I
6: didn't even know that you. I'm sorry, I didn't do any research
5: oh it's all good um no so i made um i started making movies when i was in college i made two films while i was in college that are garbage um i I'd, I'd probably <laughs> say the first decent movie that i made that I'm, I'm proud of is a film called president's day which is about a high school student council election where a maniac dressed as abe lincoln is killing all the candidates for student council oh um, my god that sounds amazing <laughs> so so i was gonna um i was gonna say that actually might be a good double feature for this one but we'll we'll get to that later <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh but it's, you'd it's, be the first person to have a movie that they made <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny like um that one is like obviously my love of politics and horror movies and it's like an 80s slasher love letter after that i made a film called witch's brew about two guys that micro brew beer that uh this witch this you cop- mean which brew yeah the one uh if, if you're talking about the one that came out in 2001 i think it came out on dvd in 2012 but yeah it's about killer beer yeah 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 i've yeah. heard of that yeah nice yeah it, and, and, and then been. we did um then we did uh wf after that and after that we made um call girl of cthulhu um and then oh, you and, did call girl of cthulhu yeah dude, <laughs> dude i <fucking> loved that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much appreciate it yeah that's uh that is that is how i met my incredible wife uh she is the title role <laughs>
6: Oh my gosh, she did a great job. That movie's kind of gross. Like, uh, if you put her through that and she wanted to be with you for the rest of her life, um, you must be a special person. Well, I was going
5: to say, man, she actually was, when we were making Call Girl, she initially was like, uh, you know, I asked her, like, do you want to be the monster that you transform into the end? And she's like, "Uh, if I'm not, I don't know if I'm as excited about the role. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew I had something real special there. Um, And and then. Uh, I'm, I'm Baltimore, but Philly's about two hours North. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then after call girl, um, you know, we, we, we spent a little bit of time trying to figure out what we're going to do because we actually, I was editing WNF while we were, um, while we were, um, producing call girl. So like we were making, we were literally making two movies at one time and, um, i mean wnf is like a fever dream man like we made it like i mean i don't think i could have made a movie faster than wnf um it was like from script to screen it was like like i think seven or eight months um that's
6: insane it is
5: insane and that's and then we'll talk about that with the sequel because i'm trying to take my time more knowing that people are ex- expecting more um but also um after that we made a movie that we're in post-production on right now called what happens next will scare you and it's a um it's a uh how do i put this it's basically like a clickbait horror satire so these folks in like a buzzfeed style office are voting on their top 13 scariest viral videos for a listicle and uh, an early entry into the night actually unleashes all the monsters from the viral videos so like you know like uh some of the footage are like um you know you have like um ghosts captured at little kids birthday parties you have a vatican sanctioned vatican sanctioned um how to perform an exorcism tape so you have a bunch of crazy found footage stuff that are all the segments of the film oh my god i have such a big
3: smile on my face hearing the idea
6: (laughs) this is amazing i cannot wait to see this
5: (laughs) and and i'll tell you right now you'll get really excited because the burgers the paranormal couple from wnuf they return in a segment of what happens next will scare you so gosh, where did I leave off? So, okay. So you asked about, um, WNUF, um, uh, the inspiration. So, so, you know, we hadn't made a movie, um, since Witch's Brew, because honestly, like you guys know this, as you get older, finding time to do the stuff you love gets harder, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. so, and, and that's a constant struggle for, for every people and every, every person especially artists. So, um, we, we, we had made Witch's Brew, which is book Brew took a long time to make because uh, we had some sound issues. I had ADR about 30% of the movie and it was, and oh, I was, man. I was, I was debating about moving to LA and I'm really glad I didn't but long story short um i was like the only way we're gonna be able to make another movie this year is probably gonna be if we make a found footage movie and um it's funny i i love um really good found footage movies like i'm actually um buddies with ed sanchez who directed blair witch project i worked on his film lovely molly and um and i I think i think blair witch is like the 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 perfect like example of like how found footage has done well right and there's been a couple since then but a lot of them are garbage because people make them fast and loose thinking they can make a quick buck so what ended up happening was i um uh I sat down with Jimmy George, my co writer, my co producer for those films, and um, we we wrote a list of all the shit we hated about found footage movies, and literally, like like you know, t- to do it very quickly, it was like, okay, um, I hate the fact that it's like usually one location for a long period of time. There's nothing to break up monotony. I hate the fact that the conceit of the story immediately, if you see this, if you go out and buy this video with a, with the UPC code, you know it's not really found footage. And then uh, three, um, I I couldn't understand why somebody wouldn't put the camera down, right? What is what? Why is the conceit of the story they're still filming when when fucked up shit is happening? So yeah. I, I immediately came up with three ideas. One, it was like, okay, uh, wh- why are they why are they filming the story? Okay, well they're filming the story because if they don't if, if they turn the cameras off, they lose their broadcast, they lose lose their commercial revenue. Therefore, they lose their money, they lose their jobs. They they have to film, right? So that that immediately eliminated that. Uh, the second thing was the idea of the idea of of, of monotony. Like if, if, if I don't want to be in one location, the whole film, and I really love ensemble films. So I was like, if it was a film broadcast, you'd have to literally have breaks. And I've seen films where they shoot them 80s style, but they're not legitimate. Like I was I was like, fuck it, I'm really gonna do this. I'm gonna make half an hour of commercials. Like I like I thought that was what would make the movie feel believable right um and which is insane i mean honestly when we started doing this we were like there's nobody crazy enough to make this movie and (laughs) at least not this way and and that's what we were we were those crazy nobodies and um and it paid off really well but the third thing too was um uh the uh what was it oh they can see the story okay when we released the movie uh the first there was two things we did. Um, you know, Melissa, my then girlfriend, now wife, we drove around. We we it was only on VHS for the first couple of months before we even signed a distribution deal. We would go to VHS conventions, horror conventions, thrift stores, um, public restrooms. We would leave copies of the video
6: <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've heard we, about Matt told me about that. Yeah,
5: we'd leave <laughs> copies of the video in these places with just a white spine label that read WNUF Halloween special and um that and then i also put it on cinemageddon like encouraging people to torrent it i made a fake bullshit bio that said oh my aunt taped this on tv for me back in the late 80s um <laughs> and the whole point was get give this give this secret out for free but keep it a secret don't go crazy and promote it like a like a maniac and um for the first i think 3 months of the release it wasn't on v- um it was only available on vhs to buy because i i knew If people are that excited about sort of uncovering this, it would it would um, get people talking about it.
3: And it worked like I, I think you did a solid job with what you created. Like it just feels so authentic and it's so fun. And the fact that you're doing a sequel is so exciting because I think what's cool about it is that you don't it doesn't have to tie in to anything from the previous movie. It can be a completely different thing, different reporters, different commercials, different Storyline, it's just that you use the same framework, right? I'm hoping, yeah. Well, right.
5: Well, so and and, I, and I'm keeping it. Uh, I'm keeping the particulars of this a little close to my chest, not because it's funny. Some people like might be like, "Oh, you don't even know what you're doing yet." Like, no, I know what I'm doing. I've had the plot in my head for the last three years. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's 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 one of it's one of those things where I want to make sure. Um, one, I haven't asked everybody that I want to have come back to be, to come back yet. Um, so if anyone, any actors that are in the original. Uh, you know, I, if I haven't hit you up yet, don't worry. I'll be in touch. I just got to figure out what price point I'm operating at based off the money we raise. Because um, honestly, I'll tell you right now, guys. And this is not a thing I should advertise publicly, but you know, I'll make this movie for on tin cans if I have to um, because I want to make it. Um, but but like uh, but anyway. So but but I obviously i I've been trying to raise fifty because I think I can make a grander movie and and make crazier stuff in regard to. I mean, the 1990s are more sophisticated media wise. Yeah. Um, so like, I have to have some budget. Like, I want to have some animated commercial. Like I want to do some cool stuff. And they're, and oh. They're, you know, so, Oh so it, it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll now see. Now you got me really excited. Yeah. But
4: <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. That's just for the commercials. <laughs> I love I love commercials in, in, in horror movies. Like I the reason that I loved Mandy was strictly because of Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar right, Goblin right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Totally. Well and 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 so I'll tell you the three things, and these are already in the indie um in the um the GoFundMe campaign video. Um but it's it, but it's important to note. I mean like okay The fact is, it takes place in the 1990s. So, like, you know, there's characters that die in the original that you're like, well, how can you bring them back? Well, I I figured out ways to bring back quite a number of the folks that are that are no longer with us based off the 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 original. Um, that but that feels appropriate, right? Like, I don't. This is not like, and I want to clarify this because I think it's important. The movie's not a cash grab. Like, I don't have to make this. Like, I I walked away from a a pretty significant deal last October, um, or last December, uh, because it wasn't how I wanted to make the movie at that point and um it's 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 one of those things where like i i do this because this story is burning inside me and um you know it's we'll, we'll see what happens but anyway going back to the idea so it, it takes place in the 1990s um there's going to be returning characters and and it's going to feel right like if you like the original you're gonna like this but th- i think the most important and secret is you know it's It is indicative of two things. One, this is about building the universe. It's not necessarily about building the exact story of the original, right? Like it it is, it is, it is somewhat more of a um, spiritual sequel. um, Understanding that media changed in the 1990s, our culture changed in the 1990s. I mean, and and if you think about the 1990s, if you watch, I mean, if you watch. commercials from them the 1990s like advertising people think they are so much wittier and smarter than anyone else like it is like but they're but they're not and that's and 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 i and i love that like i think we're i i've already pulled some stuff like i've been been pulling stock footage and i've been pulling um resources for the commercials for the last year and a half and um i I, i'm so stoked to get working on this so um
6: and i apologize if if this is information that's all in the video because we're going to be blowing up our group uh, all of our social with with uh, the link to, well i mean the link is already on our group as of the this recording but we're gonna uh-huh. keep pushing it when this comes out but um i have yet to watch the the video i just knew that it was happening when matt was like hey this is happening i was like oh god yes but um <laughs> do, do you have a like a road map for are you trying to have this released by I don't know October 2019? Is yeah, that sure, sure, with? sure.
5: So, so it won't be happening by next October. Um, I, I think it's probably realistically two years away. Um, and and sure. I, the reason why I, I mentioned that is because and one of the reasons why we're we're doing the the GoFundMe is because. The, the price point like t- for 250 i think your your name your voice or your uh photo could be in the movie and i think for 500 you can be on screen saying a line of dialogue so i need to know who needs to be in the movie still you know yeah. like yeah. so like so the um the 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 campaign in that regard is going to go through um at least december possibly through the end of the year um so you know if people get christmas money or if you want to give someone a christmas gift in your life to be in the movie it's a pretty cool christmas gift um so um it, that being said uh i, I I think we're probably not going to shoot the lion share of the movie until probably late spring summer of next year, um, just because you know I, I might find somebody that donates that I'm like man you know. I might give them a starring role in the commercial or I might realize they're a great actor and they might just have a a supporting role depending, you know? Um, so it's, that's really possible. But I think, I think honestly, I think it's probably going to premiere sometime in, in, in 2020. Like that probably makes the most sense to me. We're actually already talking to, um, it hasn't been discussed thoroughly yet, but we're actually been talking to a film festival about partnering with them. We're possibly giving them the premiere of this film. I mean, before, uh, before, before the movie's done. Right. So, um, uh, but they're, they're, they're great dudes. So, so we'll see. Um but yeah, I mean, like I think 2020 is probably the most realistic deadline.
4: So nice. obviously, you're key. You're keeping along the same lines as as the original. But are you going to give it like the same attempt to for everything, like to make it like this? People find it. People think that it, it it's potentially real. Or is it like the cat's out of the bag? It's going to be in the same style. It's going to be stylistically the same, but it's going to be marketed. You know.
5: So yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it well, I think and this is one of the really important points. If you look through the donation incentives on the Indiegogo, or I keep saying Indiegogo. It's on GoFundMe. It's on GoFundMe. We can talk about why I'm going to GoFundMe after that. Um, the, the reason why you're going to get VHS. So this is how it's working. The VHS tapes will be mailed first. Like the people that back it at the VHS level will get, get it before anyone else. Then people who buy the DVDs and then six months later will be uh, streaming and downloads um, and the reason why that is, is because we want to do it like the original, like when you get the VHS tape, you're going to get a VHS tape that, uh, that has a white spine label or, or at least a clamshell case or something that says like, like you're not, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this tape in the mail? Right. So, so yeah. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. You're going to pop in a tape. You're not, you're not going to have seen a trailer before. It's going to be like, um, well, let me tell, let me tell you a story real quick. And this is probably my favorite story about, surrounding WNUF. So, um, Uh, a guy told me the story where, um, he, his friend, uh, was like, yeah, you know, it was like the first week of October or whatever. And my buddy Jimmy, like, he says, dude, I found this tape in the basement this I watched a couple of minutes. We gotta watch this as a group. This is insane. I can't believe this was in the basement of our house we moved into. And the guy puts in a WNF Halloween special, and his his roommates are like losing their mind because they're like, What this is absurd? Like, what is this? Um, and the story turns quickly funny because one of them actually was from Baltimore and eventually recognized someone. <laughs> but like, but like that's what I'm trying to create. Like, I mean, I think one of my favorite earliest reviews of the original was somebody said. WNUF is less of a a movie as it is an experience. And I love when people tell me, like, yeah, I had to dust off my VCR to even watch this. Like, that is... Like you know, this is not as simple as as eating a a and I think this is a good thing to be honest. Um, it's not as simple as like you know microwaving hot pockets and flipping on Netflix. I mean, at some point we'll be I'm sure we'll be on a streaming service, but it's you have to want to see this movie, and I think that commitment to to this movie and this universe is is what get, what it's, it's what gets people excited, you know?
6: Yeah, I I love that concept. I really love the concept of the WNUF universe being something that is not. Uh, that is niche and, and and is is something to be shared. You know, it's an, mm-hmm. it's it's it is an experience to find it, and then to to live through a viewing, preferably with other people, because it is really nostalgic. I know that it's supposed to. Is it eighty nine that it's supposed to have happened?
5: It takes place in eighty seven. Eighty seven.
6: Eighty seven. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um okay. But it it feels like. Ninety-two to me. I don't know why. I mean, like I'm I'm thirty-six, mm-hmm. and so uh-huh. it it feels like when I was, you know, right preteen kind of mm-hmm. years, and so that's kind of why it feels like the cusp of the '90s for me. But <laughs> yeah, um, so so I Matt had mentioned it to me in the past, and finally, I believe Shutter had it streaming last October.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Is that does that sound right?
5: Yeah, that Shutter. sounds about right. Yeah. I think Shutter got it like last sometime last year, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. But um that was how I finally got to watch it was streaming. And I part of me wishes that I had seen it on a tape, you know, mm-hmm. like had that part of the experience. But I think it's a testament to what WNUF really is, is that even sitting and watching it on my computer screen still felt like that experience that you were going for with the actual physical media. Totally. And I love, I, I just love that about it because all of the all of the work that was done in post to make it look like a tape is so good. And it's Thank so you. spot on. But WNUF, I feel like it's a little bit more subdued and it's like less in your face. And once you get in to a couple of the commercials, because you don't even get to the story until, what is it like? 10 15 minutes in. Exactly. I mean there's a lot of commercials at the beginning and it's awesome. What I'm getting at is like the 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 treatment, the film treatment and mm-hmm. the 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 pacing and everything really beyond the physical media of WNUF, mm-hmm. it's still that nostalgic experience if you mm-hmm. are in the right age group I, I i don't know if like a 20 year old would get it as much as myself well,
5: and, and, and it's funny you bring that up because our crappiest reviews or most mean-spirited or negative reviews are always people that are that are a lot younger and they just don't i mean like i mean people complain about the commercials and don't get me wrong you know I I understand the commercials are annoying. It makes it less of a feature film, but I don't really know if I was trying to make a traditional feature, you know. But I was going to say kids don't get that. I mean, th- I mean, I think they're probably angry. I don't have a skip ad button on the screen. <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs>
3: but see, I feel like that's
5: that's, that's for WNUF part five when you're in the <laughs> 2000s. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: Dude, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I leave I, in fucking
3: flash drive.
5: You know. <laughs> if I am, if I am so fortunate, I would like to make a, a uh, found footage movie of, a, about every decade. Like I already know what I would do for the early 2000s. But, you know, if I should be so fortunate. <laughs> That's funny because
6: about 10 minutes ago in this conversation, I was like, I wonder if you would ever do like one for every
5: decade.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's the uh what's the GoFundMe link and then we'll we'll wrap up.
5: <laughs> sure. So the GoFundMe link is um gofundme.com slash WNUF dash Halloween dash sequel. And um seriously guys, I'm on Twitter, uh, you know, Twitter.com slash Chris LaMartina. Uh I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I think my Instagram is uh Chris Um you know, obviously if, if you're a horror person and I can just sort of tell generally from your profile, I'll, I'll add you. Um even if, even if we only have a couple of mutual friends, um So yeah, seriously. And there's ways to communicate
2: with me. Just let me know.
1: Hey, Toxic here.
2: And Maradon, too.
1: We're the hosts of the Overleague podcast.
2: Are you a fan of Overwatch League or just a fan
3: of Overwatch in general?
1: Well, if you are, we break down matches and all other Overwatch happenings. And we won't judge your main.
3: Tune in every other Tuesday to the Overleague on Geekscape, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so everybody, what's your double feature for Werewolf of Washington?
6: Well, I'll go first because... Um, I wouldn't actually put anybody through this, but uh, one of the suggested films on the sidebar in YouTube for me watching The Werewolf of Washington was My Mom's a Werewolf
4: and yes I don't know that's on my list
6: too that's <laughs> on my list too
4: scott
6: so get prepared <laughs> please don't oh, i mean i made about it. like it's got the dad from fucking nightmare on elm street in it um and the, the the mom is actually she was in like airplane or something i can't remember but um it's not very good i watched about Two thirds of the thing, please don't make me watch the first two thirds again, Brian. Please, <laughs> but yeah. If you really want so, like two mediocre werewolf comedies, you back to
3: back it with like Werewolf of Washington. My mom is a werewolf. Okay, so for mine, uh, I I felt like I wanted to stick with the seventies. I wanted to have that still seventies vibe, uh, and I wanted something that was maybe a little bit goofier than this movie but still maintained a lot of the the controversy and the like the um and when I say controversy I mean like the suspicion of the main characters about things so I'm going with attack of the killer tomatoes as my double feature Ooh, with
4: nice, choice. nice. <laughs> so I also I'm going to keep it in the fucking 70s. I, if and you don't do what I think you're going to do... I'm going to do it. I have to because it's pretty <laughs> much my, my tattoo of the show. Um, so <laughs> pretty much if I was going to show this movie, it would be something where it's just something in the background. And i are going to be like, you know what? It's Werewolf Wednesday. Let's get some tacos. And we're going to watch werewolf movies. And I'm going to put on Werewolf of Washington. And then I'm going to say... We're going to watch Werewolves on Wheels. Yes! <laughs> I'm gonna sit tight, uh, Just to ease everyone, because, Chris, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. I know everyone's excited, but you're going to have to wait an hour and a half to see the Werewolves on Wheels. <laughs> but you will see a lot of satanic rituals and really, really bonkers 70s shit. And that's my double feature. All right, Chris, take us home with your double feature.
5: <laughs> all right. So first of all, I got to say big ups to uh, the, my mom's a werewolf because we actually my wife hosts horror movies at a bar here in town. And that was uh, that's something she showed in a September. So I love that movie. Nice, uh, nice. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, if you guys have ever seen Masters of Horror, the episode Homecoming. Uh, so basically all these um, these dead soldiers come back to uh, vote in the next election. And uh, it's a political oh. satire from, from Joe Dante. Uh, and I would do that as my double feature.
6: Oh man that's that's a nice choice cuz I thought that you were going to go political
4: with um uh Dead of Night.
5: Oh but- man yeah yeah, yeah.
4: God, I love. I that didn't know movie. if you were just gonna fucking uh, market your your movie.
5: <laughs> well, I was gonna say my my <laughs> alt was be <laughs> My you have my the best presidential horror I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> my my alt was gonna be what was that? Um, FDR American badass. Uh, the one where it's like, uh, yeah. Hey,
6: but cool. So, so real. Uncle real quick, Sam, I have to the do... tripper. There's a there's plenty of good political a couple few, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh so before we sign off on this amazing episode of Horror Movie Night, I wanna do a real quick WNUF double feature. All right. And I've been thinking about this all week. I would love to do I, I would start with W well, no, actually I would start with the other one and end with WNUF. But Chris, mm-hmm. have you ever seen uh Lake Nowhere? I have not, but I've heard of it so far, but I haven't checked it out yet. It's like, um, it's very similar. It's, I don't personally, I don't think it's as competently like post work. Uh, The post work isn't quite as competent as WNUF. Like, it's not as immersive, but it's still cool. It's still the same kind of uh you know like found vhs tape kind of thing i would and it's supposed to be from the 70s so you got late 70s lake nowhere bump it into the late 80s with wnuf halloween special that's a good double
5: feature oh that's cool i dig Uh, it yeah
3: and my halloween this year my halloween night double feature because i was doing the 31 double features of halloween was uh trick r treat and wnuf halloween special so it's a perfect Anthology double feature right there for Halloween
4: night. Hell yeah! Uh, all right, guys. My, well, no, oh, wait. I don't oh, get my right. W anymore <laughs> <much here. laughs> <That's fine>. Whatever, <laughs> Ryan. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it, Chris. I I will watch it. And, and the reason the reason that I haven't, and I've been hesitant, but hearing about it, it seems like one of the few that I would enjoy. I just feel like my generation. Um, He's a little younger. Tapes are like the slashers, where oh. like. It, it, and I know that they do it to all horrors, but slashers got it the worst in the 70s and 80s. And I feel like found footage films got it really bad in like the early 2000s where it's just like 90% of them are just so shittily done and no one really cared. And they were just trying to cash in on the found footage that it, they left right. a bad taste in my mouth. But based on this, <laughs> it sounds great. And then the one other uh, found footage film that was different that my that Matthew actually showed me, um, the Boughkeepsie Tapes. I would. uh, That would be my double feature, because it's not the same old shit. And I and I love the idea of it. I mean, I think if you were alive for Blair Witch, you understand like, fucking how huge that was when the first one came out. And I think that no one tried to do anything different. So I appreciate you for doing something different. And I appreciate the Poughkeepsie tapes for doing it a little differently, which could really be debated as a found footage, but I (laughs) call it a found footage.
5: Right on. That's cool, yeah. And, and I was going to say, if, um, if you if you want to watch it, uh, WNF is streaming on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, yeah, nice. I live off.
4: I don't have cable. I only have Amazon Prime, so. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'll watch it today. It's cool. Watch it now while I'm here.
3: All right. <laughs> All, right. All right, everybody. That was Washi- Washington of Wolf Street. Uh, that was werewolf of washington uh as picked by brian uh we're we're done shocktober rocktober rock and roll nightmare october uh and we are finally back to our normal game plan of of just whatever movies come to our crazy little minds to to sit and make each other watch and uh next week as scott has given a slight uh hint to is uh well, it frankly it's sickening that someone would pick a movie like this, uh, but only uh, only a fucked up mind like my own would would decide to subject my brother and one of my best friends to something like this. And uh, I'm okay with it. So tune in next week, see what terrible, unheard of slasher film I dug up and was like, "Yo, let's watch this," and you. we will be back. <laughs> we will be um. back next week. In the meantime, just hit up W. Uh, i almost you're throwing me all off with all these call numbers uh hit up hmnpodcast.com for all of the previous episodes bonus episodes all that good stuff you know we had a shit ton of bonus episodes at the end of october and i'm sure that there'll be some sprinkled around throughout november thank you everybody and go donate to the gofundme fund for the sequel to wnuf halloween special
1: Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
0: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network.
2: Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of Tacky and White and Nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam, wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references?
4: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.